Good morning, guys. We're the Roy family. We'll be doing the scripture reading for you this morning. We'll give you a moment to turn in your Bibles to John 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Well, good morning, Carpenters Way. Thank you for the Roy's for reading the scripture for us. And uh, uh, we just want to put uh, the church family on, uh, you know, on Sunday so that you guys can at least see one another until all this stuff is over with. But uh, I'm so glad that you're with me. And, you know, uh, uh, they read out of John chapter 15, and we've started our abide study. And uh, this morning what I, I want to do is lay a little groundwork because if this were a wheel that we were looking at, we would put John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11 that we just read, right at the, at the hub. And then springing off from that, if you can see it, is what Jesus was teaching the disciples before. One, uh, one spoke may go up and talk about the Holy Spirit, and the other spoke may talk about the role of the Holy Spirit, and the other spoke may encourage the disciples, which is encouragement for us. And so the hub of what we're talking about is abiding. And just want to encourage you to, uh, uh, to read your book. And I hope that some of you have gotten your books, uh, the Abide book. Uh, we gave, gosh, uh, I don't know, over 150, I think, books. We ordered uh, 100 more. Uh, thank you, Amy, for doing that. So if you need a book, uh, give me a text. Uh, let me know. We can actually put some in front of my home, and if some of you are from far off, uh, we'd even be willing to mail you one so that you can, until we run out, so that you can go through this 30-day study with us. So I hope that uh, uh, I got many texts and information about people who were reading it, and some of them were sitting on a hammock, and some of them were in their space in their backyard, but it's so important that we learn to abide. Now, as we looked at John chapter 15, um, what I want to do as we look at this understanding of abide is I want to show you where uh, we, we could maybe look at what Jesus was doing with the disciples. So I'm going to show you a graphic, and there's biblical evidence that helps us track the possible path that Jesus may have taken to the Garden of Gethsemane and uh, where he then was taken and brought to trial, crucified, and buried, and, and then rose again. So what I want you to see is this. So if you have a TV or uh, um, if you're watching on a computer, you may have to kind of 
bend in to see it. But this map that you're looking at right now, I want to, um, I want you to first of all look for the upper room. It's almost kind of in the center, and that's where remember he was he was uh, betrayed, and that's where he told them and and gave the Lord's supper and said, "This is what you'll do to remember uh, my death until I come back." And then if you'll follow that arrow, it's got the number one beside it. You follow it down. Now, for some of you, you're going, this is so nerdy. It's really good for you to understand what we're about to read or what you already read, is that if you follow that arrow down, you'll see that it goes by a little spring, a little well. And then it starts to walk down the Kidron Valley. And you'll, you'll notice and take that all the way over to the Garden of Gethsema. Now, if, you'll, if you're at the garden and you look over at the wall, uh, to your left, it's by the pool of Bethesda. Right there on that corner wall is where Jesus was uh, taken at one time to the Temple Mount. And I'll, I'll encourage you to, to look at that later as we look at Matthew. And there's something very uh, amazing that happened here. So you have to remember when Jesus is talking about abiding, and he's talking about, hey, listen, remain in me, abide in me. Uh, my father is the vine dresser. He is walking through this Kindred Valley. And this is what this Kindred Valley looks like. It's a lush green area. Now, this is a, a newer photo. So it, in, the, in the past, this Kindred Valley was actually vineyard after vineyard. Uh, they could have been talking, and as they were talking, they're walking through uh, this valley. And they're walking by uh, these uh, um, vines, these grapevines, and he's talking about that. And he, at one point, talked about that at, at one point that uh, as they were walking, he talked about the fact that some of the uh, some of the branches had fallen away. And what I wonder is, as he walked, did he stop and stoop down or look at it? And he said, some of these branches that, that are not uh, doing anything, they're kind of useless. And he pushed them into a pile because they were old. But what you need to know is that a vine dresser, when things get old, even though an old branch falls off, sometimes it knocks off a good branch, and that good branch falls to the ground, and it's still green. It still has life, and the vine dresser would take that, and he would get his knife and carve it and graft it back into the vine, and that's what the Father's talking about, and that's what uh, Jesus is talking about, and the reason I wanted you to walk down this valley is at one point, we know in Jesus' life out of Matthew, we know that that little area, if you're looking up by the pool of Bethesda, and you're looking up uh, into the, the southeast corner, uh, uh, that's the temple, uh, temple Mount corner. And in just a few minutes, we're going to read this scripture, and that, that's what you're looking. You're looking up to the Temple Mount in modern days. Now, this next one is looking down from the Temple Mount. And when you look down from the mount, you see all those houses that are there. Uh, more than likely, um, that was still a lot of vineyard, a lush green area. And so when, uh, when Jesus was tempted by um, the devil, he was going through a lot, and he was actually at that point. And what I want to get you to see and to understand as you look at ab about abiding is that as he's walking down from the upper room and he passes the spring and he walks down the Kindred Valley, he is taking them where he was. He was letting them know that, while I was on that temple mount, I had to abide in my father. 
I had to stay focused because the flesh part of God was pushed to the limit. So in Matthew chapter 4, if you want to turn there, in Matthew chapter 4, it says this. We're going to read one. Uh, we're going to read several verses. Then Jesus would, was led, led up by the Spirit into the wilderness um, uh, to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And remember, what I want you to see is that D, did Jesus look up at, as he talked about this abiding? Was Jesus telling them, I abided in my Father as I passed by? Because now he's in, he's, he, he's walking through this temptation, just like we'll walk through temptation. It says, as, and, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And this is what we were looking at in that picture. He had him stand up there, and he said this. He said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So there he is. He's walking through that valley. He's looking up there. And we know that Matthew and Mark said some words about that temptation. I often wonder if he looked at looked at Matthew and looked at Mark, or if he looked at everybody and then looked up, that, up at that temple and said, I had to abide in the Father because it was very difficult for me not to, not to want to say, hey, yeah, God can catch me. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, go, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Listen to that. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. In his greatest temptation, uh, in his greatest suffering, in the fact that he, was, he, had just, he had just been fasting, searching, knowing that in his flesh, which he was 100% flesh, but 100% God as well, it doesn't make sense to me. But it's the way things are, that that's what Jesus, he walked through this, and he was tempted, and he was, he was learning to abide and saying, I trust you, Father. I'm not going to jump from here so you can catch me. And, and then he said, I'll worship nobody. So through his testing, through his uh, uh, desire in the flesh that he had to battle to say, I'm, God, I'm, I'm jumping. I know you'll catch me. Um, he said, no, I can't do that. Uh, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It says, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. I think that's a beautiful sign of um, that if we will just see these, uh, these tests through, if we just see these temptations through uh, and all the things that we go through, I believe God's angels that minister to Jesus will also minister to us and will also give us a way out that will also encourage us as we stand strong and abide. Now, I don't know what you're going through. Uh, I know we're all going through this isolation process. I, I know that's difficult. Um, 
But I don't know what else you're going through. But I do know this. If you will abide in Christ, stick with him, stay with him. That's what that word means, to stay, to remain, to stand strong. You will make it through. And Jesus went through some tough times. And the flesh side, as I said, of Jesus was pushed to the limit, just like we are. And the flesh side of Jesus actually was getting pruned. And people would say, I, I disagree with that. But if he were 100% God and 100% man, then God was saying, I'm going to prune that flesh to make you strong enough, right? But you're going to know the people that you're dying for. You're going to know what they go through. So here he is walking through that valley, knowing Knowing that as he, picture this, knowing that as he was talking to them, maybe he took some of those, those dead branches, right? And he said, and they'll be tossed away. Was he thinking, or were the other disciples looking at one another going, well, was he thinking about Judas? Who had just betrayed him? Is that what he's talking about? And then he was talking about maybe, did he look at Peter? I don't know. Did he look at Peter and he say, but... You know, as he grafted one back to say, you may think that I've left you, but you've fallen away. But my father, if you abide in him and do as I ask, he's going to graft you back into me. And only you can stop that. And it says, uh, the next thing it says, uh, um, uh, the next thing I want you to look at is that it, when we uh, look at what we talked about last week, remember I told you that wedged in between our learning about Christ and abiding in Christ is where these things are. It's where anxiety is. I want to bring it back to you. It's where despair is. It's where fear is. It's where worry is. It's where hopelessness is. Depression, pessimism, anger, criticism, and whatever you're walking into. And my point last week was between the time that uh, Jesus went into the trial, right, was taken from the Garden of Gethsemane, and taken in, 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 into trial, and uh, then put to death from the time that he was in the tomb to the time that he came out, this is where the disciples were wedged. They were wedged in between what Christ had taught them and abiding in it. And that's why Jesus uh, would show up later and say over and over again, remember, remember the angel said to the ladies that came to, to uh, take or to prepare Jesus' body, Remember, remember, and that's what we need to do. Now, with Jesus going through what he, he went through, he went through these issues of he could have taken care of his pride. Uh, and so for this, it's not just these uh, things that we're going through, uh, such as depressions or uh, depression or, or, or um, man, we're, we're going through loneliness. Wedged in between our learning about Christ and a body in Christ is where, watch this, it's where pride and arrogance and selfishness, and temptation, and laziness, and what is it? It's where we become very arrogant. It's where we can get lost up in our pride. And so, like for somebody that doesn't want to forgive somebody, well, here it is. That's your pride. And wedged between what God taught you and abiding in what God taught you are all these things you can fall into. So if you look down, last week we talked about pessimism and loneliness and depression and anxiety. Well, now we just added some more things that you can fall into. Pride, arrogance, selfishness. And what you know about Christ, you're able to get past that faster because you abide in it. Now I want to speak to something very clearly. The reason it takes you longer to get through some things, 
The reason you go in and out of church sometimes, the reason you go in and out of feeling spiritually strong or God speaking to you is from here to here. It may be that you never read things. I know people who have been in churches for years. They're Christians. They know it. And I'll read a verse that is any believer should know after 30 years, and they'll go, I never read that. To me, I go, you know, after 20, 30 years, you should have read the Bible at least one time through or two times through. And so I want you to know this is where we need to understand what Christ teaches you through his word, what you learn on days like this, what you learn in your community group. So when you, when you come home at the end of the day and you go, I don't want to go to community group. I'm really tired. Well, you're not going to learn anything. So when something hits you, you're not going to abide because you don't know how. So I want to encourage you to abide. Here's the thing. Knowledge, confidence, wisdom, discernment, life purpose, godly desires, all these flow out of our intimacy with God. And it begins with abiding. So I want you to imagine Jesus walking down from the, from the Lord's Supper in that upper room and speaking to the disciples, stopping, kneeling down, uh, brushing up some of that old stuff, taking a vine and that still has some life in it and grafting it back into it. I want you to see him as he's talking and he's saying, listen, guys, you need to abide in me. You need to abide in me. I love this part in verse 9 where it says, just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. When he said those exact words, was he looking up at that temple mount and saying, just as the Father loved me and brought me through that very difficult moment, listen, he's going he's gonna to bring you through it if you abide. And then... They reach the garden, and he says, stay out here and pray just for a little bit while I go in. And what he wanted them to do was, I just taught you how to abide, and I'm taking you in with me because what I'm about to go through, as I look up at that temple mount before I step into this garden, I know he brought me through this, and I know he's going to bring me through that. And if you have a history with God, you will see and be reminded what he brought you through so that when you step into your own garden of Gethsemane where you're struggling with something, you will walk out. And if that means a sacrifice by you, then that's what it means. And because of the sacrifice or the things that you have to go through because of what God's walking you through, you will be able to make it. You'll be able to have the knowledge and confidence to make it. You'll have the wisdom from God. You'll have the discernment. You'll have life purpose. Those desires that flow all begin with your intimacy in the word. Now, some of you are searching, and you're asking, and you're praying, and that's good. People say, oh, I just pray every day. I pray, I pray, I pray. But listen, what I want you to know is you can pray and you can uh, search, but if you're not abiding and searching in Christ, you're not going to get those answers. And if you're searching, some of you are praying all those things, but you're not abiding. You have to abide. We have to abide. We have to remain. We have to stay. So here are three things I want you to take with you this week as you allow the Father to prune you. All right? Here's the first one. Abiding involves, I mean, abiding involves pruning. And that's pain with a purpose. There are just some things that we're going to have to go to. For Jesus, 
to think, man, this devil that I hate, that uh, my father hates, I, I so much want to make bread appear and eat, and he would have to go away. Or this mountain that I'm standing on, I so much, I want to jump off and say, you have nothing over the father, right? When he said, you can have all the world, I almost, when people say things and you know that's not the truth, can you imagine him standing there looking over all these kingdoms and him, him saying, I'll give you all this if you'll just bow down to me. And he was thinking maybe the ignorance of this, this being that God made to think that he actually owns all this, but he made it through. And it was difficult for him not to say, I'm done with you. It was, it was difficult. Abiding involves pruning and pain. That's pain with a purpose. So every time you go through something, I go through something, we have to walk away and ask ourselves this question. What is God trying to teach me? How is God stretching me? And to know, to get the wisdom and discernment, you have to go back and abide in Christ in his word. The second thing I want you to learn is this, that Abiding involves bearing fruit, yielding glory to God. You are going to produce fruit in other people's lives. I don't say this arrogantly. I just simply say it, and I've said it to you before. We all want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well, if you ever want to hear those words, you better abide in Christ to the point that you, you are bearing fruit. You are helping other people. And I want to hear those words. And I don't work toward it to hear those words. I do it because it's what Christ teaches me, to be patient, to be kind, to be loving, to be forgiving, uh, to, to work as unto the Lord, not as unto people. That everything I would do, I would know that I'm in Christ. Abiding involves bearing fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Are people coming closer to the Lord because of you? Are you asking people to come to church? Are you saying comments to them that would bring them to search out God for their problems? Are you simply siding with them and talking about the people that they're upset with and saying, you're right, they're wrong? Uh, Right or wrong sometimes doesn't matter. It matters can we get beyond what's going on. Abiding involves bearing fruit, yielding glory to God. Now, for some of you that church is new to you, that word glory, it really, it means yielding attention to God, that he gets all the attention for our lives. And then the last thing I want you to learn is abiding produces a byproduct, and it's joyful living. Why don't you stop and think about this? I'm going to read this. It says, uh, I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then verse 11, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. How in the world, walking from the upper room, watch this, and going going all the way through the Kindred Valley, knowing what he's teaching, seeing what he'd been through, walking into the garden, Could he say to them at the last moment, and listen, I want you to have my joy. He was about to walk into the garden. He knew what was about to happen. His flesh was uh, not wanting to go through it. He even prayed that. Man, I don't want this to happen, but your will be done. How in the world could he say, hey, I want you to have this joy. A byproduct of you abiding in my Father and me is a joyful life. Man, can you imagine him smiling and them all confused? 
you imagine him looking at all of them saying, the, the thing that brings me great joy is if you guys would abide through all this. Hey, for me as a pastor, when you abide through a struggle, and many of you have, and you've done well, that's my joy. And he wanted the disciples to have that same joy that was in him. So that when Peter got the answer right when they walked along the path, that was joyful to him. When Thomas finally said, learn something and, and said, you know what? I don't need to touch things to know that you're real. Man, those are, those are moments that brought, I believe, great joy. And I can imagine him as he walked into the garden, looking back at the guys and saying, just stay here. I just taught you about abiding. Stay here. And then he walked into his pruning. So today, uh, what are you doing with your life as far as abiding? Are you abiding in Christ? Remember, there's that big, big wedge, and each week we'll probably throw more things into it. There's not just anxiety and depression and pride and selfishness. There's so much down there for you to fall into, and they grab you. And it's like, i got to get to the other side. And when you feel like they're pulling you down, all you have to do is remember, God, you told me in your word. God, you said in your word. You said if I trust you, you said that you'll establish my ways. You said all those things, and so I'm going to believe it. And as you look up in prayer and you're faithful and you abide, you remain and you stay in that state of mind, you will find yourself lifted up able to pull yourself to the other side, and you'll be able to walk through that valley. So this week, as you go through your valley and you see it, just look at it and say, that's a valley. I've just got to trust in the Lord. I've got to abide in him. So I hope that you'll abide in him. I hope that you'll uh, continue to read your book. And um, I, I challenge you to, you'll probably do it once, and I hope that you'll do it one more time. This is my, actually my second to third time through. And uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So, well, I want to tell you thank you for being here today. And uh, I want to pray a, a blessing over you guys and let you know that uh, uh, we are uh, here for you if you should need anything. And I want to say thank you to all those that came by last week and dropped all that food off. And, and, uh, um, uh, and, and also, you know, all those in, the, those in the Dallas area that came and got some books for your friends and and uh, uh, I want to give a shout out to all of you that brought the canned goods. We have a bunch, and I, I, we're going to try to figure out how to put that together with the church family. And also want to thank uh, my brother-in-law over in Lawton, Oklahoma, and he's a dentist. And I said, hey, can, can we put some toothbrushes and things inside these boxes? And I got him in the mail um, uh, yesterday or Friday, and he's, I thank you, Phil, for doing that, making that sacrifice uh, for, for getting toothbrushed and uh, toothpaste to the needy. But also, church family, thank you for all the canned goods. Keep taking them up. We'll have another day, and we will have boxes. Thank you, Bradley. Good night. Bradley came back. We put two boxes together because he saw some family in need. And so your funding is going to help people during this crisis. And, uh, man, God bless you, and uh, thank you for being here. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for helping us to abide in you. Help, help us to know that we are established in your love. And you've been doing it since, you've, uh, since, you, since you started this earth. You have been establishing our ways. 
We love you. We need you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.